Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Craig. So on your senior night, there he was. You reject Noah Williams. Pestering your five-star guy. 15 and 6 without the hype. He claimed the city after he won. You're not his type. Not his type. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. It's a song called Reject from Green Day. I cannot do a Billy Joe Oh, yeah. Voice. Come on. You gotta, I tried. You gotta... I pr- Believe me, I practiced before, but none of them were good enough to unveil. That's a really, the... that's a really tough voice to emulate. Like, I, mean, I guess I could have like that you could plug do. my nose or something, and I don't know. Like, you kind of sing. I don't know. You like, got to sing like from the back of your throat. Yeah. And like, but yeah, like with your tongue true. over, like with the tongue on the top of your mouth. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think didn't he? He probably had like a like a tongue piercing or something that was also yeah. like. Yeah. You know, impeding his ability to uh yeah. enunciate. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. God, yeah. they've been around. Sometimes I I forget how long they've been around too. Yeah, that's on, like, that's from Nimrod and that was like their Yeah. Like not even, that was like their second, third album or so. I think so. I just I just remember, you know, the they 90s. had they had uh um their you know, the one song about uh was it Longview? Is that what they called it? No, it's not they called it Longview. What was What's the name of the song? The the their first like breakthrough song. The song was, was called a... Longview. Was it called Longview? Okay, I was yeah. like, right, and then he it was because he lived in Longview for a brief time, and it was like the most boring ass place he ever lived. And, yeah, and I remember they had to bleep out the word masturbation on the yeah on the end, and that was that was sort of that was really funny to like seventeen year old me or eighteen year old me, however yeah. old I was when that song came out. So, yeah, well, hey. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome to podcast versus everyone. I am a, a piss poor. <laughs> it's like, wait, you forget who you Billy are. Joe Armstrong in t- <laughs> in t- impersonator Craig Powers. And As we've already me, established, everybody's a piss poor impersonator of that guy. Oh, I'm sure there's some That's good right. ones, but and and with me is Jeff Newser. Um, we're all out here. Also, not a good impersonator. Yeah, we're all out here surviving, trying our best to survive the outbreak. That's right. Buying, buying, uh, buying hand sanitizer on the black market. Yeah. They uh, they closed two schools in my district today. Junior high and an elementary school. Oh boy, here yep. we go. Woohoo! Batting down the hatches. Well, I know. So, I said on Slack like whatever it was at the end of last week. I was like. Yeah, we're it, it it's going to end up in my school at somehow some way at some point. And apparently Washington state is ground zero for uh for coronavirus in the US. So it's only a matter of time since I work in a petri dish. Well, my my partner works in the hospital, so let's uh-huh. have fun another petri dish. Yeah. Yay. Woo-hoo. Um, and it's like it doesn't matter how they're like wash your hands and it's like, you know what? <laughs> I mean, wash your some, hands anyway. Yeah, yeah, but there are just some th- there are just some places where you work where it just don't matter. Like it just does not matter what you do. It doesn't because you're just you know there's too many germs floating around and it just does not matter. 
So, all right. So mm. now that we've uh, reminded you of uh, some scary parts of the world, let's uh, mm. let's let's talk about the fun things, like um, our Cougs taking down UW in again that hot, miserable facility known as Heckhead <laughs> Alaska Airlines were you, Arena. Were you sitting up in the up near the top? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's where it's like super hot. Yeah, it was like a hundred degrees. I and not even exaggerating. Yeah, I, it, it gets ridiculous. I was, up there. I had, uh, I, I, I was up in Seattle all day, and um, I, we had went to the zoo and stuff. And then I, it was on my, on my uh, workout plan to run twelve miles. So I ran twelve miles around Green Lake, and then I um, went to a, the Y in the U District and took a shower. Realized I forgot deodorant. So <laughs> cheers to my uh, seatmates. Um, yeah. Who, Every high five was like, uh, yeah, who <laughs> endured me in the, in that sauna, all the high fives, all the, the stress sweating to go along with it, which is the smelliest of the sweat. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and it was a, stressful. It no was a stressful that. game. I mean, nothing is more stressful than having a big lead at halftime. <laughs> uh, Cause you know, it's coming. Like, you know, you know, you know the you know you knew we were gonna have a long drought because yep. we do every single we game. Just do. And you knew UW was gonna make a run because they're yep. at home, and yep. because it's a college basketball game. And, yep. and WSU was not good enough to just blow out a team. Nope. Um, yeah. So not on the road anyway. Not on the road, especially. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. But man, uh, what a game! Uh, yeah, it was really cool to sweep the Huskies. Um, and to do it on their senior night and, and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't just their senior night. They got, probably got a couple other guys that are leaving too. Right. Um, at to, least two. At least two. And then, so, you know, just, uh, to send them out. And as Pat Chun said, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this a little later. Uh, Pat Chun said at the night with Cougar football, he, um, UW has a, you know, a couple one and duns that may go on to do great things in the NBA, win championships or whatever, but uh, one thing they'll never get to say is that they beat the Cougs, and so that's uh, that's pretty great. Um, pretty great for guys like CJ and uh, and and Noah, who um, grew up watching UW and and following UW and in their in their city, and, and um, you know both. Uh, well, at least uh, Noah got an offer from UW that probably um, was kind of a backup sort of offer, but. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's great to see um, great to see how much fun they have with it. You know, them getting to pose in front of the 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 Space Needle on the UW court after posing in front of the Space Needle on the on the WSU court. Um, yeah, Noah screaming, you know, this is my city. I will <sighs> Well, and then saying it before he knocks down the free throw to ice the game, and then and then yeah. screaming it after. He's got this just... look like I'm not nervous. This is my city, and it's like. Oh, he just buries it. You. Yeah, both of them. And, uh, you know, let's be honest. He's not been the best free throw shooter this year. Yeah. So it was it was a little dicey thinking, okay. Well, but in that game he was. What do you – I mean, he's he nine was six ten. for six. Yeah, nine of ten. There we go. I, was, I know he was six of six in the first half and then made the last two. So then he split the other two, I guess, earlier in the half. And nine and ten is pretty good deal. Fifteen points on four field goal attempts. Yeah, you got that, that's pretty efficient. You got to like that. Only one turnover. Yeah, uh, he had six, six boards. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it's uh, that was that, man. I I watched it. So as you know, I watched it um, after I came home from uh, taking my youngest son to his first wrestling match. So uh, that was on Friday night, and I was you know had avoided everything until I got home, and and really, and it was funny, you know, no matter how hard I try to avoid things until I get home, I always get something. You know, somebody sends me a text message. It's like, what's going on? And I'm like. You know, like, stop it, you know. Uh, and so that happened right at the beginning of the second half when, you know, it turned out they, they didn't score for about, you know, 10 minutes, it seemed like. Uh, and I was like, no. And so, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of watching. And so as I'm watching the meltdown in the second half, I'm thinking, okay, this is what people texted me about. And then I, you know, put my phone away. Um, and so to see it turn out, I just kept waiting for it to just go all the way south. And uh, and it didn't. It was pretty it's pretty awesome, man. Having Isaac Bonton back and, you know, with the things that he can do and um, other than the turnovers, but you know, that was, I think those were all on him. Personally. No, not all of them. Yeah. Not all of them. So a, a lot of them were that some yeah. of it was, some of it was strategy based too. Like they, you know, they obviously were making a really concerted effort to, uh, you know, to work, work the short corner, to work yeah. the high post. It was a tough pass to make that, that short corner yes. from the top so, of the key pass. Yep. It's got to be it's got to be a great pass. And they nailed it a few times. Um, And then other times, you know, other times they didn't. And, you know, I think those turnovers, honestly, were I think it proved proved to be something that you just live with and you're okay with because, you know, you look at it and go, well, you know, 20, 21 turnovers. Oh, my God, that's horrible, which which it is horrible. Right. But in the end, you know, they ended up scoring, you know, one point oh four points per possession, which is not necessarily lighting the world on fire, but is is better uh, than most teams, better than most teams do against them. Pretty damn good for us. Um, And so I think that, you know, what that says to me is, okay. so they had a they had a strategy and, you know, if it if it resulted in some turnovers, you know, they were they were sort of okay with that. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't think they would ever say they were okay with 21 turnovers, but they, yeah. you know, they were probably willing to trade, um, trade maybe a few more turnovers than they normally would be willing to be okay with for the buckets that it generated when the pass was successful. Normally that's not a good calculus, but I think the alternative against Washington, at least for us is probably swing it around the outside and jack up a three. And that's, that's probably just as bad as a turnover so um so i think they were willing to live with that a little bit and uh, and then of course having you know bonton uh you know just get in heat check mode uh was was a lot of fun you know we really missed him as we've talked about the last couple weeks you know we really missed his his ability to create um his ability to add a another scoring uh, another scoring option besides lb all those things make him really really valuable and we saw exactly why in this game we don't win this game without him so absolutely do not like um we probably there's a good chance we get our butts kicked without yep. him yep. um yeah it did, yeah there was obviously two two runs in the game um that were huge the uh you know that that 10-0 run to to finish the second half or the first half in yep. the last three minutes um really kind of came out of nowhere um again was fueled by you know started by a cj3 um, and then he capped it with a, a steal and dunk, um, and just to, to hold UW scoreless for three minutes. And actually, you know, we've talked about how um, they're able to play good defense, and then it's totally ruined by their own scoring drought. Right. And and but this time, you know, they put it to put up ten minutes and in, in, in three minutes is always, you know, you're always happy with that. Um, and so they were pretty much getting at least a free throw every time they went down. 
And so for the last three minutes and so you, you, you obviously, you were happy with the, um, you, you knew it was going to get closer, but you were happy with that. That first half margin had us feeling, you know, in the, in the arena, all the Coug fans, you know, we had our chests out a little bit. Um, and secretly we were dying inside like, Oh God, if, <laughs> if we, if we fuck this up, like, I don't want to walk out of here. I just want to like run out of here with a hood over my face. And like, that, exactly dude. Like, like the worst is when there's expectations and then it goes South. Right. Like, you know, it's like the last apple cup I went to in Seattle. We, we've talked about this game before, but you know, it was supposed to go better than it did. And then it didn't go well. And, and that's, that's the worst because then they're talking all the shit about, oh, you thought you were so great uh, chokers. And then they, you know, would say, of course, the other phrase that shall not be said and you don't want to deal with that. So yeah, that's, that's, we, you know, we're always waiting for the other shoe to drop only it never really did. I mean, it sort of did like it the, UW, did, but UW came back and took the lead. Uh, but we, we've had w- we've had games like that this year though where it's like they're they're doing okay and then it just ab- especially on the road it just absolutely completely 100% well, collapses. I, I well I think it would have looked like that if they hadn't built such a big lead in the first half cuz they yeah. I mean they they gave they scored uh like four points in the first 8 or 9 minutes of the second half and Yes. And and that is that a race their uh, thing but then they built back up to a 13 point lead, you know, thanks to that, you know, that hot streak, um, really UW was attacking. Um, they were, they were drawing fouls. Um, and, uh, it was, it's pretty funny. We can talk about this. So UW obviously in that zone, it's, it's a little harder to attack and, um, draw fouls, uh, especially if you're not driving the ball well. And UW has a bunch of long guys that, that are very pesky, uh, a lot of turnovers, swiping the ball away from our guys. Um, right. You know, getting in passing lanes, stuff like that. But UW was just kind of a, a attacking more. They were in attack mode. They knew they, yep. they knew they knew they were up against the wall coming out of halftime, and so you saw that foul disparity. They were in the they were in the the, the double bonus. I think the last ten minutes of the game, at least. Yeah. Um, and so it was. You know that that had you stress like man, they're just going to be shooting free throws. Thankfully, they didn't shoot free throws very well. Um, they missed quite a few, um, and that was definitely helpful. Even some guys that, you know, are a little bit per- better percentage than, than they showed, uh, they, you know, they ended up, um, going 23 of 38, which wasn't, isn't awful. Um, but, and they definitely were better in the second half than they were in the first. Uh, but definitely those 15 misses, uh, obviously you would expect maybe be closer to you know, maybe, maybe hit four or five more of those. And that would probably, that obviously would make a difference yeah, in the end of the game in the game. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have WSU going 23, 27 and their opportunities, um, that's how you win a game where you are, uh, have a 28% turnover rate. Um, UW is getting 31% of, uh, their offensive rebound opportunities. Um, you, you know, these are some things that, you know, if you'd have told me before the game, we're like, Oh man, it's going to be rough. Um, um, especially you dubbed and, you know, you dubbed turned it over quite a bit, but, um, I would, I would have hoped for, you know, more than I thought 20, 20% given what, how much we turned it over and, 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 uh, how much we struggled to rebound the ball, um, would have been, you know, kind of all she wrote. But, uh, when you hit seven of 19 from three and you hit 23 of 27 and you hit 17 of 29 from inside the arc, um, it, it all works out, right? 
Yeah. I Speaking of the second half, like it was a really interesting game to watch from a chess match perspective. Um, you, you know, you mentioned one of them, which was, you know, obviously you decided, OK, look, they they can't they're going to have a hard time defending us one on one if we if we drive. And then also um, just the fact that the whistles just <laughs> just really seem to be uh, fairly one sided for a lot of that. Um but there was there were a couple other pieces too, uh, you know. Defensively, UW did a thing that I don't. I mean, I don't watch them that closely, so I don't know yeah. what what they do or don't do specifically very often. But for us, um, because we were working that short corner and high post so relentlessly, um, they they made this you know kind of interesting little adjustment where they so they run a two three zone. But it's a matchup zone, right? So it's it's kind of man to man type principles, yeah. You know, whatever, right? Um, they took the the lower corner guys and brought them up basically free throw line extended. It was I've, almost yeah. it was almost a four one zone. Yeah. Like it, they were so high, and uh, they really, really, really cut off those uh, those short corner passes. Um, yep. And and they and they also were they weren't just free throw line extended they were also uh, maybe a little more narrow than they typically would be and so they really kind of took away our ability to work that short corner and that's that's part of why we had such a long scoring draw we kind of had a tough time adjusting to it and figuring it out um, and so there was that adjustment well then once we kind of figured that out we started scoring I, a I will bit say I have it. I have. Um seen them do that before yeah i think it's a typical uh adjustment for them when they are getting beat like that but then go ahead yeah yeah the final one well we we appeared to not be all that prepared for it because it took us about 10 minutes to figure it out um but once we figured it out then um you know it took a few minutes after that well then uh they actually went man to man which was like whoa and the broadcast like didn't even notice the broadcast like just completely blew past it. No, they didn't did. even notice. Didn't mention. Well, if they did, they didn't mention it much. Like it may have just been in passing. Well, no, yeah. like, I mean, yeah. Uh, Eddie House like said, "UW's in man to man. They don't. They don't play. They don't ever do this." And so yeah. I, I would say I'll give them credit for that. I don't know if you had the volume down, but he maybe not. Maybe, maybe I did. Because he made he made a point to say WSU usually plays man to man and they're in the zone. Yeah, and, and then UW we went to in, the zone, and that's how we stopped you know, cutting off their drives was playing a little zone. Well, then when they went man to man, the thing that I found interesting about it, and maybe, maybe house said something about this too, and I wasn't paying attention, but um, you know, they were switching everything and which is, I think a a pretty, if you don't play a lot of man to man, then that's probably a good way to handle it because then there's, you know, you're not trying to communicate who's taking who you just switch, 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 switch. And, and just, you know, that's it. That's, you know, no thinking, no nothing, just switch. Um, and, and we really use that to our advantage. Uh, we were able to, you know, get matchups that were beneficial. Uh, we're able to draw a ton of fouls down the stretch, uh, by, you know, putting it on the floor and, and making some nice passes and, and just yeah. then being aggressive against that, against that man to man. So really good job by, you know, our guys did a better job adjusting to their adjustment than they, their guys did adjusting to our adjustment. If that makes sense. I don't even know if I said that right, but you know, we did a better job of adjusting than they did. And and I really think, uh, I really think that was the difference in the game. And um, you know, after the game, I don't know how many people watched the, uh, the highlight video that, that WSU made 
Um, but at the end, you know, Kyle Smith is out in the uh, out in outside the locker room with Nick Rolovich and Todd Schulenberger, who were both at the game. And uh, and, you know, Kyle Smith is just this like totally like self-effacing, self-deprecating guy. And he's like, oh, man, yeah, you you know, you Nick Rolovich, you do all the you know, you football coaches, you do like real coaching. You're like calling plays and doing all kinds of strategy. And he's like me. I just hold up one fist for, you know, and I hold up every once in a while, I hold up two fists. And, you know, he's just like he's such a like. <laughs> Yeah. His personality is hilarious because he's just like, whatever, dude, I'm just like, rah, 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 rah. and it's like, no, nah, he's actually a basketball genius. And uh, the players are really well coached. And uh, and I think it really it really shows through against a team like Washington that uh, I'm not saying Hopkins is a bad coach, but we can all agree he has not gotten as much out of that team this year. Yeah. As he he's he's not had a good year no. coaching for sure. No. Nope. So, yeah, it was pretty funny when WSU started, you know, the, the average fan is not seeing this, but, you know. They switch to a man, and, and you're like, wow, this is crazy. They're like, it's it's kind of, you know, up high, you're kind of looking, you're like, I'm pretty sure they're playing a man. And uh, suddenly, like, they switch to a man, and we bec- we're, we're, we're uh, like you said, they're switching, we're getting matchups, we're exploiting those matchups. They really went to that that kind of super high post up to CJ, like the 18 yeah. foot post up, yep. um, because uh, they would switch, get CJ on a smaller guy. Um, I would say, unfortunately, unlike the the kind of penultimate play, um, I don't know why they tried CJ to have CJ attract Jaden McDaniel's that way. Honestly, that didn't <laughs> that seemed like a terrible idea. Yeah, but, that's not really a great. Yeah, switch. you got six six LBs stronger it's than McDaniel's, six, but but yeah, six <laughs> nine with like a seven four wingspan. Like yeah. it, he 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 like LB wasn't getting that shot over him. But no. but anyway, so but uh, but yeah, that UW was starting to get those kind of touch fat, you know, those hand check fouls that WSU was getting at the start of the yep. half. And you, yep. you, the crowd is just like losing their minds. They're like, wah! And it's like, you're just like, well, like you weren't mad 15 yeah. minutes ago. I mean, like when, 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 when WSU was getting called for touch fouls yeah. every, every, every possession. Like yep. this is what, like, like this is, you know, associated with playing man to man, especially if you have guys that, you know, they're used to play man to man principles, so they, they have some skill in that, like more than if you just had a, like a straight up two three zone. Right. Um but but uh, and they have some athletes that can guard, so um but still like they were I mean, they were those guys probably played man to man in high school. I mean they've played man to man before. And, and and they and and you know, they but they were handsy and they were pressuring and you're yeah. gonna get called for fouls. Like yep. if you're using your arm your forearm, that's a foul now. Like they don't let you do that anymore. Like it's um, it, to like kind of you know that lightly push up, which if, if you're if you're getting beat, you just kind of stick your forearm out there, and the, uh, you can't get away with that anymore. And that, so they they were getting fouls, and and you know the fouls were evening up to a bit, um, and that really was helpful because Bonton and um, and CJ and Noah were just knocking down their free throws, and um, even Miller I, I, in a really big situation like WSU was struggling. Um, they dumped it to Miller. He kind of, he, he got it in the high post and just drove to the basket, draw, drew a foul. He only made one of two, but it was such a big play because WSU was kind of teetering. Uh, I think a dub had brought it from 63, uh, or had, had brought it from 63 to 50 to 66, 60. And so you kind of felt that, you know, I felt like, Oh, here we go again. Um, they're coming back again, but then just that that little move by Miller to get to the line was so huge um, in just kind of you know uh, kind of tempering uh, the run and and getting that just one point like and yep. then WSU got another point another bucket to stretch it to or I think maybe CJ hit a hit a um, 
hit a couple free throws. It was such a 69-60. And then you're like feeling better. Okay, it's 69-60. There's like three minutes left. Um, we, we can do this. And um, obviously UW got it to within two um, at one point. Um, and uh, Noah Williams uh, plays some great defense, forces a tough shot, and gets the rebound and sinks the two yeah. shots. Um, yeah, and by the a, way, after after the game, um, who was who took the shot? Was it Wright who took the shot or Carter? Isaiah Carter? Maybe? Yeah, and Isaiah Carter. It was okay. Isaiah Carter. After the game, he was sort of intimating that he got fouled, and I'm like, oh no 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 no, it didn't no, even no. touch it. Like Nobody touched you, buddy. Yeah. They just pulled they pulled the chair on you, and you were not ready for it. And uh, yeah, no, nope, 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 nope. Sorry, buddy. So, yeah. And, and again, um, as we talked about in the first matchup, um, Jay McDaniels had 19, but he um, he took uh, he took 14 shots and six turnovers to get there. Yeah, the turnovers um, were the biggies. He was pretty good, other than the turnovers. But yeah, he was he was up, but he ended up with 88 offensive rating for the game. Um, Isaiah Stewart was just bothered. Um, yep. Second game, we've shut him down. Yeah, ten you know ten points on. Uh, seven shots he got six to ten from the line but he had four turnovers uh a lot you know a couple uh charges um um pollard again those are huge uh well because he cha- he changes the way he plays after those yep he absolutely he, both did. games and, he did that yeah because he came down like or, i mean second possession of the game he came down and hoisted a three and i just was like oh hell yeah do that dude yes. like like it was like please. Yeah. Yeah, but he had four fouls. Like CJ had four fouls for about the last ten minutes. Stewart had the four fouls for about the last eight minutes. Um, McDaniel's had four fouls late. I don't think he got his fourth until late. But um, you just uh, like it, it, it. The the job they did on those two guys, uh, given that how like when we play when WC plays other teams with guys of that athletic caliber. You know, sometimes they get shredded. But there's some about you know Noah's played against Jaden McDaniel's. Or with yep. him for yep. his and you know forever. So is Ellaby. Yeah, you know yep. they both played on Seattle Rotary, so they they've definitely played together. Um, so that and you could just tell when Noah and McDaniel's play against each other. Like I kind of like I know um, it'd be kind of fun. Like I I I'm, I'm happy to see McDaniel's leave and and leave you know not get better and be really good next year for Dub, But like. It's it's pretty fun watching him and Noah go at each other. It you is. know, like yeah, it's just, that's fun basketball. You know, they're jab, they're they're uh, they're jawing at each other, and and uh, it's it's pretty cool. And but hey, you know, Noah got the best of them both times. Noah had better games both times. Um, you know, more efficient games, and it it, it was it, it's just so cool to see um, this team. The you know where they <laughs> to get hyped up and 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 beat a, a UW team, um, you know, just to, to have it mean as much to them as it does to us is yep. really cool. You know, we, after the game, you know, we had a pretty sizable group, um, in section 10 up, up, up high and, and, but we, it was kind of worked out cause we were right over the tunnel where the players went in. So we were, you know, we were screaming for them. They running in and CJ and Noah hung back for a while after the game, um, they were doing interviews and they were doing whatever. Um, they were, you know, talking to family and stuff. And uh, so we just started, we we were kind of just, they were just kind of hanging out, but we started singing the fight song and then they started um, walking in and we were on the, you know, we were doing the spell out part and, and Noah 
spotted us and, and he started doing it with us and that was really cool oh, um, and you could awesome. just you could just see like how happy they were and, and how happy yeah. we were and, like it was just like it's fun to have the players kind of match your um your emotion with that and yep you know and the same thing bonton still he had that chip on it too like we talked about he's a northwest guy um you know teams like oregon oregon state and and uh u-dub didn't didn't offer him so he obviously loved playing those teams and and you know him <laughs> um I, I love it you know uh stomping on the you know throwing like slamming that ball down and stomping on the w you know oh, we all so want to do that man like that's <laughs> yeah. that's great dude that's you know i that's why like as you always say man this this team is so easy to love oh the teams that are easiest to love are the ones that exceed your expectations right and right. and and it's not always just that they exceed your expectations but it's it's the way they do it and you know it's like the you know the football team 2 years ago you know that that it was it wasn't just that you know, we were, didn't know what to expect, you know, after, after Tyler's death and, and everything else, you just, you know, then, you know, to do it with Gardner and, and all of that and game day and everything. Right. And this basketball team is kind of like that too. They just, um, not only are they winning games that, uh, you know, more games than maybe you expected this year, but they're doing it in a fashion that, that is just easy to love. You know, they're, um, they're, they're spunky. They, you know, they scrap, they, uh, they just have a lot of the a lot of a lot of the gritty qualities that we just associate with our school in general and those are the kinds of things that make it just so so easy to um you know to fall in love with those guys and you know Noah Williams I mean there's there's nothing that any of us love more than someone who is not afraid to stick it to Washington and he just he's not afraid of anyone and one thing I kind of love about this, um, you know, you, you're talking about CJ and Noah and, and, you know, to an extent, Bonton, um, you know, you can, uh, you know, most years, if you can get those kind of, and again, I, you know, this will probably sound insulting to Noah and CJ if they're listening. So please don't take this the wrong way if you listen to the podcast, but like the, the kind of second tier of guys out of the Seattle area, um, you know, when we talk about UW football and WSU football, uh, we don't even really have much of a chance at the second tier guys because if Washington wants them and they've got 85 scholarships to play with, Washington's going to get them for the most part, right? But in basketball, you've only got 13 scholarships. And then beyond that, only five guys can play at a time. Uh, Your rotations may be like, you know, eight, maybe nine guys. guys. And so, you know, I mean, unless you're, unless you're up there, like, you're, you know, there, there are compelling reasons to go elsewhere, even if you're from Seattle and even if Washington wants you, you know, I mean, Husky fans right now are like, why don't we have CJ Allaby and Noah Williams? And I'm like, well, it's because you recruited, you know, these five star, you know, you recruited Jaden McDaniels. Like, I don't, I mean, like, listen, I love Noah and I love CJ, but yeah, I mean, if you were, if, Coming out of high school, you were like, okay, you can have C.J. Ellaby or Noah Williams or Jaden McDaniels. I'm like, <laughs> please give me Jaden McDaniels. You know what I mean? And that's it, right. it's not, you know, it, it sort of becomes this maybe, uh, you know, sort of disingenuous argument. But the, the reality is that, you know, Washington can't take all those guys. And Washington also makes, you know, decisions about guys are going to take. I mean, look, we'd love to have Isaiah Stewart and we'd love to have, you know what I mean? It's like. Like, like we would love to have these guys, right? And and if they played for Kyle Smith, I'm sure they'd be better than they are. But that's another conversation. It's it's like 
it, if you can pull in guys like CJ and Noah who, you know, maybe aren't quite what UW is wanting, um, you know, you can build a pretty damn good team with those guys. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And I don't know, uh, you know, how, you know, which guys are sort of coming down the pike on that one. But, um, but I know that Kyle Smith wants to make inroads on guys like that um, and become kind of a secondary um, option for the guys who maybe, you know, have that chip on their shoulder from not being seriously recruited by Washington. And um, it sure is fun to, to watch guys, you know, try to stick it back in their face and, um, you know, do things like yell, this is my city when, uh, when they sink the game winning free throws. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's so fun. Um, just cause he's only got a couple games left. We gotta, I gotta give um shout out for Jeff Pollard again. Yeah. He was a warrior again. Yep. Like again. defensively he was, he just worked his tail off. Like I, he was, it, it the, you didn't see Stewart get as many opportunities because UW just didn't like Pollard was making it hard to give him the ball. Like he was just fighting and, yep. uh, and, and he, and when Stewart did get the ball, he was making it difficult on him inside. And so, um, and, and still, and he also was huge, um, you know, in that low post in that short corner, um, uh, you know, for, you know, nine points, on six shots. Yeah. You know, what else do you want from Jeff Pollard? Like, you know, he had a couple turnovers, but you kind of expect that he's taking some tough passes, whatever. Um, he, he's playing against some way more athletic guys. Um, but he was just savvy and he did, he kind of stuck with what he's good at and, and he played his tail off and, um, you can see why Smith worked so hard to keep him on the team. Um, cause he, he's been, Especially, you know, he's had some big games defensively, and he, he's obviously not going to block shots, and he's not a great rebounder, but um, he's a pretty damn good post defender when he needs to be, when he's not dead tired. And uh, we we thought he was, you know, gassed, but he came out, played 34 really tough minutes, um, was huge in this game, and uh, it was, uh, you know, again, um, him with him, Ellaby, Bonton, Williams, those four are really why they won this game, and and, and just all of them had excellent games and and were huge and and it was just what 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 a fun thing to do to to fucking win yeah. at UW like it's so fun and uh, one, one last thing on the turnovers uh UW give uh, apparently Chick-fil-A gives away uh free chicken sandwiches when UW forces 12 turnovers so we got the win and we got the free chicken sandwiches so. <laughs> that's right the chicken sandwiches didn't only go to washington fans they went yeah to- they were oh yeah they were seeking us out and handed them to us i, I got a couple <laughs> of the free uh chick-fil-a uh gift cards there uh, that's fantastic that's hilarious uh, i know i saw they had the uh on tv it flashed a couple times they they had the uh the steels tote board there where they were every with each steel they they'd put up another number uh, yeah, apparently that was that was the turnovers thing, and, and so that's or that's, was it just was, turnovers? It was turnovers, period. But they were really bad at updating it. Like oh, okay. it, they were they were very delayed on it. But yeah, there was twelve turnovers, and then it might have been steals. How many steals they have? Fifteen. Uh, yeah, it could have been just steals, uh, but they said turnovers on the on the little coupon, so I don't know. Yeah, but they I were really know. bad at updating it, and then it just went to twelve, and then it stopped. And I was wondering why, and it's because like they got to twelve, they gave away the chicken sandwiches, so. Um, yeah, thanks you, Dub, for the win and the chicken sandwiches. And the chicken sandwiches, it's good. I love chicken See, chicken sandwiches. WSU was just looking out for us, That's turning right. the ball over. <laughs> I hope I hope the players got some of those coupons. 
No, yeah. wait, that would be a violation. That would be a violation. I'm sure if they ask Coach to stop at the Chick-fil-A in Bellevue or whatever on the way back, on the way over to, you know. On the way I back, hope they all just rolled up to Dick's in the bus and just, like, got off the bus with all their gear on and got, you know, a giant bag of deluxe the, and the, fries. The Wallingford, and, the Wallingford Dick's just, just right over 45th. Go yeah. over to Wallingford. And, yep. Just roll on up there on 45th and just order a bunch of deluxe and fries. Make them run out of beef for the night. And, yeah. That, that, that would be living the dream right there. Just like get out of the bus with all your cougar gear warm ups on and uh, order, order a bunch of dicks. Like, that's great. That'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That was maybe pretty Rolovich great. Can buy them all dicks. I don't know. Maybe Something he can, like that. you know, he, oh, Rolovich, mean, he, he can, Rolovich, he definitely did, can. Uh, Rolovich, uh, once again, bought some Cougs, bought, bought all the Cougs in line, a beer. Um, I, I saw, um, someone say yeah. on uh, Instagram and then, uh, and, uh, um, apparently on Twitter, someone said that he, uh, um, politely told the UW fans to, that they're not, he's not buying them beer. Um, so, uh, that, once again, uh, Nick Rolovich is uh, hitting all the uh, <laughs> high notes. I mean, he was there. Like, how, can you ever imagine Mike Leach going into a, going no. to a, a basketball game? Period. Let alone no. a, a road basketball game. <laughs> no, no, no. I can't. Mike Leach doesn't strike me as a sports fan. Mm-hmm. As weird as that sounds, like there's some like you and I. Like, obviously, you know, you and I went to the Sounders yesterday. Like, we we just love we love sports, right? We're just like weird. Yeah, my like weekend that. was Thursday Sounders, Friday Cougs, Sunday Sounders, Sunday Sounders. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, we just love sports. Mike Leach doesn't strike me as that. Rolovich does strike me as that kind of a guy. That he just he just thinks sports are cool. So, um, and and I think it's you know he's selling a lot of. Uh, a lot of family like that's that's kind of his um, seems to be his deal you know the kind of way he's selling the program and building the program um, and so yeah I mean that's you know if you're trying to sell that and build that kind of an idea then you know that's you know being present at those sorts of things um, you know I think is is a way to kind of kind of show it you know and you know and I'll be honest I mean it you know you you and I both you know spent you know, time around athletes when we were in school and, you know, it was sort of football was football and everybody else was everybody else. And, um, it was almost like a little different world. And with the new building, I say new, it's not really new anymore, but you know, the building it's like, you know, they're even sort of further separated, I think from, um, from some of the other parts of campus. And, and so to kind of build those connections from, uh, from one part of campus to the other is really cool. So to have, and, and, and it just worked out. I mean, I don't know that he would have traveled to the game just on his own. Obviously it worked out because, um, you know, because night with Cougar football, both he and Todd Schulenberger were there for that. So they came over for the game, but, um, you know, had the same situation present itself in years past, I doubt Mike Leach would have gone to the football games or to the basketball game. So it was really cool to like see on TV, you know, see Rolovich and Schulenberger just, you know, sitting there behind the bench and, um, I don't know, like we all think of ourselves as a, as a big family as Cougs. So it's, it's kind of cool when we look at, you know, the coaches like that and they're kind of buying into that and selling that to their players as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fun. And, um, yeah, it's, it's cool, you know, that there's this big family atmosphere going on right now and, and hopefully that leads to lots of success and 
obviously it has in soccer and, and hopefully it can continue in football and, and get even better in basketball. Yep. Should we take a break? Sounds good. All right. And we're back. We are back. We're back. Um, before we get into the games this weekend, are you drinking anything, Jeff? Coffee. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I just tonight was a night where I'm like, if I have a beer, I'm I'm going to be asleep halfway through the podcast. So, as we talked about before we started recording, we've we've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of sickness flying around our house, and I'm feeling. Not sick, but a little, a little iffy, and so, uh, so I figured, nah, we'll just we'll avoid the beer tonight. We'll have a coffee because that's certainly much healthier. So, but at least I'll be awake for the podcast. What about you? Well, I had to go with a Seattle beer because uh, it is Hell Noah yeah. Williams City, um, after all. Um, so it is a Coog City, of course. Um, it's WSU City now. Um, yeah, so this is uh, from Holy Mountain, which we've had on the podcast. I, I, I opened a few bottles uh, for um, the spring game last year, and I don't think I've had it. I think maybe you have had another one. I, maybe I have. I don't know. I generally – I've had a lot of Holy Mountain. Um, they're Three Fates Pilsner um, as like a sidecar beer, um, as I have one right now. But, um, but this is uh, – the one I'm having tonight is Holy Mountain Black Beer, mm. which is – one of my absolute favorite beers they make. It is a whopping four and a half percent dark ale, as they describe it. Better drink that slow. Um, yeah, it is a beautiful beer. Uh, there is so much going on in that four and a half percent. It's got a little bit of chocolate, a hint of smoke. Like it's 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 got a little bit of kind of roasty kind of coffee. And it's got a great kind of body to it at four and a half percent. It's so drinkable because it's so light and nimble, and it's just it's beautiful, man. Like it's, I love this beer. They only make it probably a couple times a year. Well, they'll, well, they'll produce it regularly, generally in the in the in the winter. Um, but I, I I I heard from someone that they might do it all year round, which would be fantastic. Um, uh, Amanda loves this beer. Uh, they got it in Crowlers at the brewery right now, um, and I. I've gotten a few over the last couple of weeks, just brought them back. I know last year, uh, the beer bar near me, beer star got it, had it on tap. And apparently like the, a four and a half percent dark beer doesn't draw a lot of crowds. So it, it was on tap for quite, <laughs> quite a long time. And I had many of them. Um, That's so funny. I'm hoping that they got a keg of that again this year. Cause I would love to, uh, just keep on drinking this all, all the time, especially in the winter. Um, cause you get that, kind of that dark beer fix without um having getting absolutely blitz drunk um so it's it's just a excellent beer it's so good it's so so good um um so i thought hey uh how about a seattle beer and i had a crowler of this in the fridge and i and i i knew amanda if i offered her if she wanted half the crowler she would take it um so uh and she'd be excited about that and it's not so many calories because it's only four and a half percent um it's yeah. basically like a basically like your uh you know a little bit more than your light beer so um yeah pretty great um Goholy mountain I've, we've talked about them before they're a great brewery um had a lot to do with uh kind of uh the uptick in quality and and uh uniqueness and interesting beers in the last five years coming out of seattle they've played a big role in that so yeah go holy mountain very cool brewery in interbay in seattle um go check them out um, and check out 
check out black beer and also a lot of their other beers. Um, yeah. So, uh, yep. Noah Williams on Seattle. Um, I don't know if there's any Cougs that are looking to own the greater Phoenix area. Uh, but it would be real nice if they were because the Cougs are now traveling uh, down for a couple tough road games against yeah. Arizona and Arizona State. Yeah. Do do we have any Phoenix people that can say this is our city or this is my city? <laughs> Tucson no? is my city. This is my city. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, Arizona is going to still present the same issues they presented last time. Uh, you know, scoring is uh, is a real uh, – a real challenge there with uh with them and then Arizona State up until well last weekend had been on a tear since we yep. had beaten them they uh, had won let me look uh, seven in a row they'd won seven in a row mm-hmm. um, which i i honestly had not really been paying attention to <laughs> at all and then uh and then all of a sudden i looked at the standings and i know UCLA's up on top right now which of course uh I, Bruins fans are you know sticking their chest out about right at the moment, which I think is sort of funny, but yeah, um, they're about ready to give up on their new coach early yeah, in the season already. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they were with Nick, Cro- Mick Cronin, all- Nick, sorry, Mick Cronin all along. We knew he was so much better than Steve Alford from the very beginning. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, come on, man. <laughs> you know, you didn't know shit. Like anyway. Uh, so yeah. So then until losing to UCLA and USC, but you know, I was, I saw, you know, the standings and, um, you know, did kind of didn't realize that Arizona state had crept all the surged all the way up there. They were like, you know, in third or whatever at this point. So, um, so yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's also going to be challenging. Um, they haven't lost at home since losing to Colorado in the middle of January. Um, and they are, you know, extremely bubbleicious right now. So they yep. are needing every win they can get. Um, they really, really need a sweep this weekend to to feel really good about not not just being in, but also maybe you know trying to avoid the first four for what would be I think what the third year in a row for them, right? I yeah. Think? So yeah, first four, third year in a row. So yeah, big games for them. I don't know about you know we're not going to quite have the same motivation we had this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it, yeah, Arizona State, um Remy Martin's been playing out of his mind. Um He's very good. Yeah, he's very good. Uh WC did a pretty good job on him last time. They they'll have to do that again. I I'm not going to get too deep into Arizona like it they no. I if 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 WC wins it's going to be by some strange three-point outburst or a ridiculous amount of turnovers. Uh, it's going to be something weird. Um yeah. Um, just that you, Arizona is just the type of team um, that plays uh, a style of defense and has the athletes on offense um, to shut WSU down yeah, um, as they did in Pullman. Um, so that's a that's a that's a tough one. But Arizona State obviously WSU beat them the first time around, and you went through how they have um, come around. But obviously, like again, it's gonna they. One guy that gave them trouble, that gave WSU trouble, was um, Ramella White. Um, he because he's one, another one of those like you know maybe undersized but very athletic bigs. Um, but really, it's going to come down to stopping that Remy Martin penetration, I, I'm, uh, and that's where it helps that Bonton is back, obviously, and him between him and and uh, Gervais, you you hope that they. Um, I, I think it was Gervais got a lot of the credit the first uh, game. 
um, for uh, kind of making life difficult for him. Um, But yeah, they have, you know, uh, you, they have, they don't have a ton of shooters. They got Rob Edwards. uh, He's, you know, Alonzo Verge gave him a little bit of trouble. He's, um, he's kind of a a wild card. He he can go off or he can be shitty. Like he's just all over the place. Um, but they, so they're a pretty interesting team. Um, when they're hot, they're hot. When they're not, they, they, they definitely, you know, they have, I mean, it, I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough road trip to go to UCLA and USC right now. Um, I don't, I don't blame them too much for getting that Thursday, Saturday sweep. Yeah. Uh, or, That's you a know, t- that might, that might be the toughest trip in the conference right now. Uh, it, yeah. You know, Utah's Utah really kind of fallen off a cliff. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean UCLA, they're they're ranked eighty on Ken Palm, but they're probably playing like they're ranked twenty or fifteen. I, yeah, I know. did see that. Um, it was Jordan Sperber, uh, Hoop Vision dude, had a uh, just sort of like individual um, efficiency margin by month. Uh, so, uh, and I'll see if I can dig up the tweet next time you're talking. But um, it was basically like he took the top twenty five, I think. Uh, efficiency margins in just the month of February and ranked them, but then also included their efficiency margin in the previous three months. And like UCLA was like 100 and something, 100 and something, 100 and something. And then February was like 15 or something like, like they, they are playing like a top 20 team right now. Um, And damn it. We almost beat them too. (laughs) We almost, I know that's (laughs) so annoying. Yeah, because WSU was the one to beat um, Arizona State in like a what uh, eight, eight of ten stretch or something like that, or eight yep. of nine or yep. eight of nine stretch, nine of ten stretch, and then they would have been the one team that would have beat UCLA in their yeah. stretch. They had, damn you know, near like, swept UCLA. Yeah, if they got you know if they got the last second shot that they got against uh, Arizona State from right. you know against you know UCLA, they would have would have had that one too. Right. Um, so it was uh, yeah, it's. It's crazy, uh, but obviously, um, you know, I, I think WSU, at least when they had Bonts on against UCLA last game, played a lot better on the road than we said, not defensively, but offensively. Um, defensively was still a struggle, and that's what we worry about, you know, but they obviously played pretty well on the road this last game. I know UW's record looks bad, but they're, I think, as we've talked about before, they, they, they're a better team than their <laughs> record looks like. Um but now they are what they are in their last place confirmed. Right. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's talk about it. Like, so it, whatever WSU, uh, if they got one this weekend, that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, I mean, yeah. and then you'd be, you know, seven wins uh, in Cosmic's first season. You know, guarantee a winning record in the regular season in his first yeah. season. So. And, uh, you know, and potentially maybe improve you to uh to a winnable spot in the in the Pac twelve tournament. So Yeah, let's let's talk about that. So right now WSU sits in ninth at six and ten. They would play Cal in the in the first round, um, the number eight team. Um they're if if WSU loses out this weekend, they would fall um to either tenth or eleventh. Um, which means they would play either probably Arizona, Stanford, or USC, which are all teams that they have struggled with mightily this year. Um, those would not be games that you would be expecting to win. 
um it'd be even better you know it's almost better if they could play one of those first four teams like at ucla oregon arizona state who they've had better luck against you know yeah um but yeah so that it's kind of it's playing out i know people desperately want to win that pac-12 tournament well uh winning a game and sticking in that ninth slot uh because it's likely that utah will lose i mean it's uh they're they are hosting colorado so they have a they they can't but they are playing pretty poorly um it, so if utah loses and ws finishes six and 12 and wc finishes seven 11 then they get that ninth spot potentially the eighth spot so either way it doesn't matter they play cal um in that eight nine and even though cal has beat them twice cal both those you feel yeah, like I'd, I'd love a third shot against cal yeah i'd yeah, feel uh, really es- good about especially a having shot against cal especially having bonton if they yes. didn't have bonton the second yes. time around um, I do. I, I I honestly feel like if they had Bonton for that Pullman game, that WSU would be already at seven wins. Yes, and uh, it, I concur. Uh, you know, be flipped between Cal and WSU there. I um, concur. But uh, but yeah, so it, uh, a win would be huge. And like, if you if you really want WSU to <laughs> win a Pac-12 conference game, um, it's going to be much more likely if they can stick in that nine spot and not fall to ten or eleven because they're going to get a really tough matchup in ten or eleven. So. Um, you know, this is one time where, uh, you would love to see, uh, Kyle Smith emulate Ernie and go down and get, get some surprising results yeah. down in Arizona. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do the thing we did last year. That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah. That would be awesome. And just uh, like out of nowhere. I, I think, well, Arizona's a lot better. Um, Arizona state is about where they were last year, but, uh, actually almost exactly. They were 57 in Kempom last year. Yeah. They're 58 right now. They finished 57. They're 58 right now. That will um, forever be like that weekend will just be like forever. How? How did that happen? How, how did that happen? I, I anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I like uh I like our chances to, you know, if we can if we can get up there I'd love to play love to play Cal again. Um Cal's probably getting swept this weekend, although, you know, they could beat Oregon State. I think that's possible. So, yeah, there's still quite a bit of shuffling that could go on. Washington is locked into 12th place. Too bad, so sad. Well, actually, let me rephrase. They're not necessarily locked into 12th place, but um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't imagine that Oregon State would lose to both Stanford and Cal, but you never know. Uh, you know, Utah, again, probably likely to lose to Colorado. Um, so could be a little bit of a, you know, could be a little bit of, a, of an interesting weekend in terms of shuffling some stuff up, so... Well, the, the top of the conference is pretty in- interesting too. You have uh, no team's going to have better than a thirteen and five record, which is wild. Uh, I think WSU finished second with a thirteen and five record once, but and we're like two games short of winning. Right. Um, yeah. So you got UCLA. We talked about them. They made that surge. They're in first, twelve and five right now. Oregon, eleven and five. They obviously they're hosting Stanford and Cal um, as because Oregon State is too. Um, so they have a couple winnable games at home. Um, you'd expect them to get a 13 and five. Um, UCLA is, uh, at USC. Who knows? Um, uh, and then, uh, Arizona state still actually has an outside shot at, uh, at, at least tying for the conference title, which is pretty wild. Uh, so yep. you got three teams up there. Um, so it's pretty interesting. Um, at the, at the end of the day, um, kind of baffling that Arizona um is down there at 9 and 7 um super baffling at some point you just got to think that maybe Sean Miller just 
doesn't really have it, man. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I love the defense that he put, that he has. And, but you, I mean, it, would... it has been a tough stretch. I mean, part of why they're there is, you know, they, uh, they've just lost so many close games, you know, and we talked yeah. about this the last time around. I mean, they OT to Oregon. Now they got run off the floor by Oregon state. And we all just went, whatever. Um, but then, you know, one point, so one point lost Oregon, one point lost Arizona state. Uh, they got beat pretty good by UCLA um, shortly after beating us and then three game win streak. And then another one point overtime loss to Oregon, their second one point overtime loss to Oregon, uh, nine point loss to USC and a five point loss to UCLA, those two games on the road. So it's like, those are explainable, but they're also like, you know, at some point Arizona kind of needs to put it together and they just, you know, you look at, you go, okay, well, what's, what's their most impressive win? Uh, Illinois, I guess, you know, back yeah. in, in the second game of the year, uh, Colorado, I guess is ranked in about the same area. Stanford is too, uh, as far as, you know, Ken Palm goes, but, um, you know, those, I mean, neither one of those are, I mean, th- those aren't like real statement wins. And when they've played, you know, when they've played uh, really good teams, you know, they lost to Baylor, they lost to Gonzaga, they lost, lost twice to Oregon. And of course, you and I go, well, those, you know, games against Oregon, those are coin flips, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it's like, you got to win the coin. You still got to win, right? Yeah. You can't lose two coin flips. You got to win one of them at least. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're definitely struggling. And I don't know, maybe they're, you know, maybe that means they're ripe for something weird. Cross our yeah. fingers. Hopefully. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love some weirdness. Um, they're, they're still, they've been pretty much steady in the top 20 of Ken Palm all year. They haven't fallen out of it. Um, just because like, you know, obviously, uh, once they got into it, they haven't fallen out of it. Um, but because like you said, their big losses have mostly been close. Like their losses have mostly been close except yep. for the, you know, that one against, uh, uh, Oregon, Oregon State. State, but, um, yeah, it's just uh it's it's been uh it's so they've they've kind of they're kind of like the a better version of UW in that way and that they they uh they have a bunch of close losses and their record looks pretty bad but they've kind of maintained a pretty higher ranking than you would think given that um thing and, and I think in net they're still pretty good too. Um so I they they're obviously solidly in the tournament. Um you kind of look at their resume and you're like, if it was just based on resumes, like if this was the old RPI, they probably would be a little more on the bubble. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, the net, uh, ranking gives them quite a boost. Uh, they do have a tough, like not many teams can say they played, uh, you know, Baylor Gonzaga in, in, you know, in, in non-conference. Uh, so they have a, they have a pretty good non-conference schedule um, to tout, you know, top 100 at least, which a lot of, a lot of, you know, the, these uh, um, power six or however you want to say the major conference schools um, generally don't have great non-conference schedules. So I'm um, just having one that has a few um, big ones on there helps you out. And when you get that conference rating, um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't heard anyone say they're on the bubble in any way, but maybe we can put them on the bubble with, <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun with a surprise win there. Well, and hopefully, you know, maybe they, they get a little, they're feeling a little, uh, a little like they're going to have a cakewalk after beating us so easily in Pullman. So I don't know. I'll watch anyway. So will you, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Kids, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. 
let's see. Oh, hey, uh, neither one of us went tonight with Cougar football, but we could talk about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, we we were living by proxy through friends who went, who went and told and, us stories. and then Twitter and whatever and yeah, um, yeah. That, like I said, you know, Thursday Sounders, Friday UW, Saturday Sounders. I didn't need to drive up to Seattle another night. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. As as we've alluded to, you know, you said earlier, uh, Schulenberger and um, Todd Schulenberger, the the women's head soccer coach, and then uh, uh, Rolovich were in Seattle um, for net with Cougar football. And uh, kind of the interesting thing is that Schulenberger was in town for night with Cougar football. Um, so we kind of used the um, you know the English uh, term there or the yeah. the football, international football. term football 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 um yeah so you saw uh they had uh Morgan Weaver on stage um uh, you know getting interviewed by Yogi Roth um you had uh uh Kyle Smith speak um so it was in I I had a text from a friend that um said that they, they were like an hour in and they haven't even talked about football yet which uh you know, really is pretty cool. Uh, like celebrate the successes of the, the school, you know, Bill, Bill Moose always said rising tide lifts all boats, but you know, at some point you got to show the other boats, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah like at some it. point you got to be like, Hey, look over here to the boats. I mean, you, you, I mean, you can't, you can't ignore a team that went to the final four in their, in their, in their, uh, sport. Like that's something a WSU team has never done in the modern era, you know, um, in, in like modern, you know, last 40 years or whatever. Um, so it's, um, pretty remarkable, um, to, uh, to happen. And so it's really cool that they highlighted, obviously Morgan, obviously going second in the NWSL draft. And, um, so pumping her up, um, making her, you know, a bit of a WSU star that she deserves. That's, that's pretty great. And then, uh, obviously it was perfect having that UW win, in Seattle right the night before. Like it couldn't be better for, for them to kind of showcase Kyle Smith as well. Yeah. I think it's a really awesome strategy. Um, I, you know, I don't know how many schools where that would necessarily be a viable strategy because, you know, so many of these schools, um, you know, have a lot of, th- we joke, right. About the t-shirt fans. Um, you know, we don't have a ton of t-shirt fans in the sense that we don't, you know, most of our fans went to the school or are maybe just like one, you know, one step removed from the school, right? Dad went to the school or mom went to the school, right? It's not like most people aren't, they're not, um, Cougar fans just because they are in proximity to the school. And so, um, since we all sort of have, you know, our affinity for WSU sports comes from our affinity for WSU. And, you know, that may not be the case at a lot of other schools. And so I think, you know, purposefully sort of trying to play into that to raise, you know, because, for example, you know, Cougar Athletic Fund, um, you know, always states, hey, we want to we want to raise enough money to cover all athletic scholarships like that's their stated goal. Right. Well, that means that that's that's not just a football thing. That's a football thing, a basketball thing, a baseball thing, a soccer thing like you know, that's like all sports thing. And so if you can, you know, the more you can highlight the progress being made across all those sports, and then you just start feeling pride for the school, pride for the department overall. Um, I think that this is a fan base that while it still is, 
very, very, very much focused on football and, you know, will be forever. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know how many people like qu quite understand just how focused most of our fan base is on football, but you and I have a really um, acute awareness of that from working for this website where we see, you know, the traffic numbers that the football stories do versus really anything else. Um, you know, our podcast, like it's double the downloads when a football thing happens versus anything else. I mean, it's, um, it really is, you know, that big of a difference, but you know, the more we can, it, it you know, these things don't happen overnight. And if you're purposeful about, you know, moving in the direction of, Hey, we are going to have an elite athletic department and it's not just going to be football. It starts with football because you know, the old bill moose thing, but it's like, you know, it's, it, if we're going to get the whole thing going, you know, we need to highlight those things as they happen and, and really put a spotlight on them. And, um, you know, I think they've done a really in the athletic department, a really shrewd job, not just of, you know, hiring good people that are doing good things across these different sports. And it's, it's really, it's not just, you know, so obviously soccer's, you know, the highest performing, but, um, you know, some of the other sports are doing, doing great things too. And so the more we can highlight that stuff, um, I think it, at, volleyball at, and tennis, yeah, volleyball and tennis. I think, you know, at, at our particular school, th this I think can really work and I'm not sure why, um, nobody else has really tried to do this before, but, uh, you know, really again, just another, another reason to appreciate Pat Chun for however long we have him and, uh, you know, be thankful that, um, you know, they seem to have a real purposeful strategy for fundraising and, um, and, and the fact that it includes, you know, really just really playing on this, you know, WSU family thing. Um, I just, I think, I think is a really smart direction for the athletic department. I think it plays real well to our particular fan base. Yeah. Yeah. And I, had, it must've been one of the, uh, you know, I, I, I'd kind of heard from a lot of people that the, uh, kind of night with Cougar football program had gotten pretty stale over the years. You kind of hear the, um, same stories of, you know, my, from Mike Leach and, and about Mike Leach or whatever, you know? And so, uh, I, I imagine that this was one of the more fun, uh, night with Cougar for night with Cougar football programs to attend in a long time. Um, with, you know, with kind of the uniqueness, I, I, I've, I've also heard good things about what Yogi Roth did as well. So, um, as the MC, so, um, who, that would be really cool MC to have, uh, you know, it's cool that they bring him in. Obviously, yep. very charismatic uh, and intelligent guy. Um, even even though sometimes we give him crap about his analysis on, on, <laughs> on individual football games, he's yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, yeah. So it's uh, uh, once again another great job by John. I, I I don't want to the us always. You know, we're not trying to be so positive all the time. You know, we, we'll be critical where it is, but. Um, this first, uh, three months of the year, um, or two months, two months and change of the year has been, uh, pretty well executed. Um, and going back to, um, you know, hiring Rolovich and well, if you go back to, uh, you know, go back to a year and hiring Kyle Smith, um, it, it's been pretty encouraging, um, you know, the process they've taken and, and, and some of the way they've handled event, big events and everything, um, it continues to be a positive and it, and it continues to make me uncomfortable because I'm not used to these things happening <laughs> at WSU. Right. That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, that's, <laughs> I don't know that it'll ever feel normal. Uh, hopefully it does someday. Like, like hopefully this is the new normal. I don't know. Like when he leaves, I'm going to be like, my butt's going to be clenched so tight. Oh uh, yeah. And it, it just, it's already feeling like 
Oh man, like this is a this guy is this guy is too good for other places not to go. But um, he didn't go to USC, so that was good. <laughs> yeah, well, that place is a tire fire, but so good on him. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he loves Pullman. Maybe he wants to stay forever. I'd be okay with that. Stay forever, Pat. Stay forever. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, I don't know, do a little Kickstarter or something. Pat Chen, stay forever. <laughs> Sounds good, man. All right. Well, good show. Yeah, nice quick one. Yeah. I'm sure our, list, our listeners will be grateful. We're out of here in like less than an hour and a quarter. That's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um I do have to I have to give a shout out to uh one of the uh people um I was getting beers with after the game. Um Rochelle and her husband Colin. Cuz Rochelle we were she's a long-time reader, listens to the podcast. Um she brought up that she found one of my alternate reality posts while oh, looking for something the other day. Those were the best. And any any Kook fan, any Kook fan that can pull up one of my alternate reality posts from like ten years ago, <laughs> and 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 know what they were, like you you win some points in, in my world, because um, uh, those are some weird times and uh, times when I had more, more time to be creative, and uh, I probably would cringe a little bit reading them now, but I, I was pretty proud of them at the time. <laughs> my my one dabble into fiction. <laughs> well, and we needed it too. I mean, like. <laughs> That was that was as much self preservation as anything else. Like we started yeah. the we started the website at a time when most like mere mortals would have, you know, thrown in the towel pretty quickly. So Yeah, it's uh it's um yeah, it's it, it I thought it was pretty funny when she brought those up. I was like, Oh man, oh man, I I was pretty young when I wrote those. So uh, <laughs> and I was uh Apparently, uh, and I wasn't stoned, I swear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> promise. I promise. Which actually I I was, makes them all the more impressive. Yeah, I so, think I was living in Tennessee at the time. So, I mean, if you were like uh, on acid or something, then we'd be like, okay, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, that's alternate reality. Okay, you know. So if you if you want to indulge, uh, just search uh, Coog Center alternate reality. I think they're from 2009. I think Long most of them. There was like, there was four or five. I did there the, the, there's a there's a there's a story arc that gets cut off like all good kook center series uh, the, the, <laughs> like it ended prematurely um or did it end dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't think many of the jokes would play yeah um, probably not I, I think at the time uh we were pretty low on uh Todd Sturdy and so there's a lot of digs at Todd Sturdy um and uh coach Sar like Sarkeesian um uh is is a big uh villain in the story and then of course Reed Forrest is a cybernetic organism designed to uh play football so yeah. um if you it was very much uh a meta sort of thing for Coog Center just playing on many of our own memes so if you're just going into it not having been a Coog Center reader in 2000. Yeah, nine probably or 2010. Lot, probably you, you'll probably be like, sense. "What the fuck is going on right now?" I know. But uh, thank you, Rochelle, for bringing that up. Um, it is hilarious, though. Whenever I go back, I, I went back and looked at something old recently for some reason, and scrolling down like through the comments, and like seeing the people who used to comment who don't comment anymore, 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that person. I remember that. Man, why don't they comment anymore? And then, you know, I don't know, like people, you know, come and go, whatever. But they're probably still reading, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, maybe. I, I, I don't even comment on the site that much anymore. I know. I know. I do. I do my comments on the podcast. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, the Twitters. The Twitters are what killed us. It killed our yeah. comment section. Well, that and Slack. Like we used to, it's funny, you go back on those old ones and you see like all the authors used to comment and chat in there because that's where we did it. <laughs> like that's where we would actually talk to each other. And then slowly we kind of moved to e- these like ridiculous email threads on Gmail. Uh, oh my God, I cleared out my inbox, my Gmail inbox. Like and hundreds I found of email so threads. many of those and they're just like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of email threads. And I'm like, how did we keep track of this? We didn't half the time. <laughs> I know. And now we're on Slack and it's like, okay, well now we could just whatever. Entertain ourselves over here. So yeah. Good times. Yeah, sorry, we're just we just talk to each other now. We're we're not gonna lower ourselves to the rest of you. <laughs> I'm still there for you, loyal reader. I still go in there. Unlike my elitist podcast partner. What can I say? I'm living that good life <laughs> what in the Cube Center I, Slack. I, I live know. in I live in an urban setting. I am a coastal elite. Yeah, I am a coastal elite in <laughs> in in the Tacoma elites. That's right. That's right. Me, I live in rural Graham. I'm one of you. I'm one of the commoners. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. We've we've established we've now uh, reestablished our podcast personas. <laughs> And I will now be the coastal elite, and you will be the grand, the rural, the, the rural um, commoner. Is that the what you rural, said? Commoner? Yeah, the rural everyman. Commoner. I am the, the rural everyman. Every Everyone's everyman. Jeff Newser. I'm like I'm like the one little you know teeny tiny blue dot in the middle of like a giant red area, but but I do live here, so it's all right. All right. Subscribe. Send us an email. Whatever. Yeah. Podcast versus everyone at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, uh, follow Jeff on Twitter at pod versus everyone. Follow me on Twitter at the Craig Powers. Um, Yeah. Subscribe, like, five stars, all that. I don't know why I say like. Uh, We're not on Facebook. No. But just like us. Cool. What I mean literally, yeah, like, like us, us. We please. hope you like us. Please we will like feel us. the positive energy. That's right. Please like us. Like a, I'll feel it through whatever, I don't know. Every we download I, I see pop up, I'll be like, I feel the positive energy. Exactly. Go Cougs, Craig. Go Cougs. <laughs>